Hallelujah. And His grace is going to take us the rest of the way. It was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to take us all the way. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to his name. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue the display and demonstration of his mighty presence in this service today. Magnify the name of Jesus our Lord in all that we say and do in the rest of this service today. Anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit, may your servant speak your word with power and grace and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace is mentioned 122 times in the King James New Testament. Obviously, you can't cover all of that in just one message. But I hope I'm going to give you something today that will challenge your life to live by the grace of God. That's the power that we have to live steadily, faithfully, consistently for Him, depending not on ourselves, but on Him for His grace toward us. The first time grace is mentioned in the New Testament, in John 1.17, it speaks of our Savior. The law was given by Moses, is what it says, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You can't preach on grace without talking about Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 and 9 say, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Even in the Old Testament, the message of grace was there. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The three modern translations that I use all transfer, translate that word grace as favor. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But the amplified version, which puts the whole expansive meaning together, says Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. So God's grace was long before any revelation of the New Testament. God has always been a God of grace, God of mercy, a God who cares enough to walk with us, make himself known to us, and allow us to live within the experience of knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way. Someone a long time ago put up a little acronym that I have to put on the screen for you today that, that, uh, that tells you a little something about grace. It spells grace and it tells you some meaning of those of the letters. G-R-A-C-E, reading it down. Someone wrote that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. There's a great deal of truth in that. It is through Jesus Christ that the grace of God is manifested to us. And it's through that gift of God that I'll talk a little bit more about in this message 
that salvation comes to us only by God's favor and grace. So what is grace? That acronym says it. And here's another thing that says it. Grace is the undeserved and unmerited favor of God. You cannot earn grace. You can't work for it. You don't get paid off in grace at the end of the week or the month or the year or the end of life. You don't get paid off in grace. Grace is with us at all times because grace is the favor of God that we do not deserve and cannot deserve, that we do not merit and cannot merit, that we have not earned and cannot earn. The grace of God is the gracious, glorious gift of God. Let me tell you that grace is one of the great attributes of the grace of God is it is goodness. We talk about God a lot of times and we think he's the God of punishment, the God of judgment. There is that side to the scripture, but it is not to bring us under condemnation. It's to encourage us to live in the power and the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. So, so the grace of God is goodness. In the second chapter of Romans, there's a powerful verse there that speaks something that I think every one of us ought to know and understand. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Don't you know that God's kindness or his goodness is meant to lead you to repentance? A lot of times people think that the way God leads us to repentance is with a whip. He wants to shower some condemnation down on us so we'll repent. The fact of the matter is that we ought to draw closer to God in repentance and turning away from sin because of God's goodness, because God loves us so much, because he cares about us, because he's made a provision for our salvation. That's out of the very goodness of God. It's not because we deserved it. If we did, it wouldn't be grace. We don't deserve to be allowed to repent and turn away from our sins and be cleansed from them. But we don't have to deserve it We have to receive it. And God gives it to us as a free, gracious gift. It is because of God's goodness that we're led into the full measure of repentance. And then I want to tell you that God's grace is giving. One of the great attributes of God's grace is it declares his generosity. The greatest gift ever given to anybody, anywhere in all the world, shows God's generosity. Grace is generosity. It is giving. Grace is giving. Because God is a giver. Everything that you find about God, you find that he is a giver. God gives and gives and gives and gives. The greatest verse in the New Testament that probably has been memorized by everybody sitting here is John 3.16. I hate to ask it this way. I almost said, is there anybody here who doesn't know John 3.16? But I should never ask it in the negative. How many of you here could quote John 3.16? I'll pass it to positive. All right. So there it is. So I'm going to quote it to you anyway. God so loved the world that he gave. Because you see, God is a giver. And grace is giving. The grace of God is giving. You talk about something overflowing. The, the, the loving generosity of God exemplified as grace 
and manifested as, manifested as grace in our lives. That is the greatest thing that testifies that God is a giver. And we should never forget the wonderful thing about God. He gives and gives and gives. And he testifies that to, to us in the most powerful way in that he gave Jesus Christ. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. That's grace. Grace is the giving nature of God. Grace is the generosity of a God who loves us and wants to move in our lives with kindness and compassion, and mercy, yes, which manifests itself as the grace of God. The songwriter said, grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. You who are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? What a wonderful, powerful statement of God's grace for us. And then the scripture tells us that grace is greater than all sin. Grace is stronger and more powerful than the bondage of sin. Paul taught that very clearly. He speaks of grace abounding, that is, overflowing. This is what he said in Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Now you want the definition of overflowing grace. There it is. Wherever sin increased, God's grace increased more. Where sin may have power, God's grace has more power. God's grace is able to set you free and not only to set you free but keep you free because where sin abounds in the terms of the King James Version, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace is greater than sin. Grace is stronger than sin. The freedom of grace is more powerful than the bondage of sin. So grace can set the person free, totally, completely, and absolutely set free. Where the great sin exists, great grace is present. Paul said, there are some people who will say, well, then if that's the case, then we ought to sin more so we can have more grace. And when the people who said that spoke up, Paul said, God forbid That's a total misconception of what he's saying. Where the devil is present with sin, and sin has power, sin produces bondage. Where the devil is present with sin, God is present with grace. And grace is powerful to produce freedom and to set men free from the bondage of sin. God's grace is greater than anything that the enemy can put upon our lives in any way, in any degree, to any measure, at any level. God's grace is greater than anything that the enemy can ever bring forth. And hallelujah, that's true. Praise God, that's true. It's a glorious statement of of what God is and and, and why God reveals himself to us in the ways that he does. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 20, if I didn't give that to you. So grace is greater. I had a, 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 a a little video I came across. Uh, earlier in the week, and uh, I wanted you—I wanted you to see that. I want you to 
share that with me. I want to share it with you. So watch this right now and read the message on the screen as you watch this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're living proof. We are living proof sitting here this morning that grace wins every time. And grace is one of the gentle things of God. He handles us not according to what we deserve, but according to His grace. Aren't you glad, you should be, that you are not going to receive what you deserve? I see this uh, commercial on TV a lot. It's from a law firm trying to get people to file lawsuits, I guess. Don't settle for less than you deserve. Well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I'm not going to settle for what I do deserve. I'm not going to take what I deserve because I don't have to. I'm going to take what God's grace provides to me. And that's forgiveness and salvation and victory. Standing on the word of God, on the grace of God, I have victory. Hallelujah. More than I deserve. Greater than I deserve. Better than I deserve. The grace of God is above it all. I don't want what I deserve. I want what Jesus provided for me when he took on himself what I deserved. Hallelujah. He carried the cross. He paid the price. He bore the sin so that I could be set free. And that's the grace of God. That's the giving of God. That's the power and the victory of His grace. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you today, if you're under condemnation, afraid about what's going to happen as time goes on, and you have to stand before God, I want to assure you, you're not going to have to take what you deserve. God's got something better for you than what you deserve. All of us by our sin don't deserve anything but judgment and death and separation from God. But the Lord says that's not what's going to happen when we trust Jesus. The grace of God provides us overcoming all those things, overcoming the past, overcoming the sin, overcoming the judgment, overcoming the condemnation. Grace wins every time. And we're the testimony to that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Grace wins because Jesus is the victor. Hallelujah, glory to God. So we're over the hill, not over the hill in time. I'm not talking about your age. I'm talking about over the hill of the difficulties and the possibilities of the devil taking us to hell. And we are set free in the grace of God and we live forever in that eternal victory in Jesus Christ. That's what we have ahead for us. And that's what we're living for. And that's what we're going to receive from the hand of God because he's already provided for us in the great testimony of his grace. The great testimony of God's grace is a cross. And if you don't know anything else, you don't understand anything else about what I'm talking about today, this one thing you need to grasp, God's grace is declared in the cross. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads with me in prayer this morning.